Welcome to the Fat Stacks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic, which you probably know them as a very, very good ad platform for split testing ads and more revenue, but they also help out with some really cool tech to speed up websites. I'm using them across my websites currently. Today's episode poses the question, if I were starting over, what would I do? Would I even bother? Would I just realize that... Building an online business takes a lot of time and money, and perhaps there are better avenues to creating a business, or is it worthwhile to start an online business these days? I want to kick this off with setting out the scenario, right? I mean, the, the thing is, is everybody's situation is different, but I do get a lot of readers with a, with a scenario that's fairly similar to mine. If I were starting over right now, my situation is as follows. So I'm married. I've got two young kids. If I weren't doing this, I would hopefully have a pretty good job that paid a, a reasonably good salary, but it would also be fairly demanding on my time, so I would not have a whole lot of extra time as a result of having family and work obligations. And I would definitely not want to sacrifice a lot of uh, time with uh, my family to build up a side business. That's a huge constraint uh, because, uh, well, I, you know, you, you you get kids once and I'd like to spend time with them. So so these are some pretty serious constraints. And I know I'm not alone in this situation. You know, the, the, the ball game is a lot different if you're fairly young and you're single and you've just got a, a regular nine to five. You've got a lot of spare time. You can you can pretty much essentially almost put in full-time hours at something like this. And that's easier. But I know a lot of people are, are you know, in the, in the midst of a career and in many cases somewhat demanding a family. So a lot of time constraints. So let's go on that basis. So the first question is, is would I even bother trying to build up uh, online business and, and, and the assumption here is, is I, I wouldn't know a whole lot right I mean you're starting out and it's just there's just so much information out there what, what do you follow what's the right strategy there are many strategies there's not just one way to build an online business there are many many ways and in fact there are many many ways to go about building out a blog or a niche site or a content site there's you know I, I have my preference and my approach that I deploy across all my sites but there are many other viable ways. So, so what would, what would I do? Would I even bother? Now I'm going to answer that question right out out of the gates here. And I'm going to say, yeah, I I think I would, because it it comes down to this. I I think I would, I would probably start as many do with just a, a simple, probably a free theme on a basic WordPress setup. And I would start writing. And, and it turns out I kind of like writing. And I like blogging. And I like having opinions. And I like writing about stuff. So so I think I passed you know, a, a really big hurdle there in that I actually like the foundation, the fundamentals of this business. So that would make it easy. And the fact that there is very good potential with this business uh, ma- makes it even more of an incentive. The, the only issue would be the lack of time, right? So yes, I would probably embark on trying to build up some form of online business. So the next question would be, which one would it be? Well, I think I've probably a- answered that. I, I, I've never had any interest in starting an e-commerce store. It's just, it just seems like a lot of hustle work. And, I, you know, you can obviously hire uh, people to help you out with that and to fulfill the orders and all that. But it's just not something I'm particularly interested in. I would not want to get into software development. Again, I realize it can be an amazing business and it can be extremely lucrative but it's there's a lot of upfront cost uh, it's 
a lot of competition and a lot of problems. You're dealing with a lot of customers with something high tech, need lots of customer support, not a model I'm particularly interested in. So I think at the end of the day, given my penchant that for the fact that I like writing, and I think a lot of people who are attracted to building content sites do like writing, and that's one of the things that attracts them to want to turn you know, a fun website that they might do on the side into something more of a business. So that's what I would do. So essentially, I would do what I'm doing right now. So the first question that I would have to face is, no, I have to assume I don't know much, is would I buy an existing site or would I start a new site? And this this is a very difficult situation. You know, these days where I'm at now, uh, I would have no problem buying a site. I don't think I would ever pay $300,000 for a site. But I have bought a site for ten thousand dollars. I wouldn't have a problem buying, you know, a small site, not earning a whole lot for you know two to ten thousand dollars and doing it again. It speeds up the process tremendously because it's getting traffic, it's making money, and it may not be a lot of money, but it's ready to grow. So that's 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 kind of a no-brainer now for me. However, if you don't know really what you're doing and you haven't hammered out a successful formula or process that's working for you, buying a site can be tricky. It can speed things up a lot, but at the same time, if you're kind of floundering and don't really have a strategy, you could spend a lot of money and not really make much headway. And uh, that, that can be a problem. I think at the end of the day, for me, knowing knowing me and knowing the fact that I wouldn't know a lot, I would start it. I would just start a new site from scratch because there's this massive learning curve, and I don't want to do that on something where, if, you know, if if I had to drop, let's say, ten twenty thousand dollars on an established site, that's a huge outlay of cash. And chances are, with when you have a family and just working a, a regular job, that's a huge chunk of money, and that's. A big risk, and I would want to take that risk. So I would view this more as a side hobby in the beginning. That would be my mindset, and I think it's a good mindset without a whole lot of expectations and without a lot of pressure on myself to dedicate so much, uh, X amount of time on it and just see how it goes. So in that case, a new site would probably be best for me and just experiment along with. Now the next issue that I would uh, you have to deal with is is whether I would outsource the content or write it myself. And I think in the beginning I would write a lot of it myself. Now I wouldn't have a lot of time, so I wouldn't be able to write a lot. But I suspect, you know, given now, I mean, with with what I do online, I I work uh, pretty much. Uh, 40 hours a week, full-time hours, and I spend a fair amount of time with my family, but I, I would have time, I think, to write two articles a week, do it later at night, and it would be something I would just view as, as kind of fun, and, and I think I could get two published a week. That might be a stretch, but that's what I would shoot for. So I, I would start with that. But I would also assume in this scenario that uh, having a half-decent job, that I would probably have some disposable money to invest into outsourcing. So I think once I, I had a foundation of content and I started getting some ideas of what was working and what wasn't working traffic-wise and revenue-wise, I would invest maybe three to 500 bucks a month. If, if I could swing it, I, I wouldn't want to put the financial strain on the situation or risk money that we didn't have. And I certainly would not put it on a credit card or borrow money to do this. I'm going to say that again. Borrowing money, unless you are a large established publisher and you're incorporated and you know what you're doing and you want to borrow money to do it, to take the risk, by all means, that's that's a calculated business risk. But if you're just starting out 
do not borrow the money to start an online business or buy one. Just bootstrap it because these things are risky, all right? And you just don't want to be accruing huge interest charges just for something that really should start out more as more as a hobby and it can turn into a business. So I would hope to have a, an extra disposable three to 500 bucks a month and start getting additional content created as I was going along. Now, what would my focus be when I did this? I Obviously, I'm answering this question from a perspective now, having done this for 10 years and built up a few sites. The focus would be content, 100% content, especially for the first year or two. I, I, would, I would do my very, very best to ignore all the noise about all the other activities that you could do, such as social media, outreach, questionable link building, fancy website design, tinkering with monetization. That's a total waste of time when you don't have a lot of traffic. I mean, it, it, you know, whether you make 25 or $30 a month, it's not going to make a huge difference on the business. But if you end up spending several hours to, to eke out that extra five bucks, I think that those hours are better put into content at this stage. When you have 10, 20, 30,000 visitors a day, Tinkering with monetization is well worth it because that could mean the difference of a hundred or a couple hundred bucks a day. So, so that's a different ballgame. So my focus would be content, just just writing, publishing, hiring, outsourcing, purely content, and just get it published and make it as best as absolutely possible. Now, in terms of content strategy, uh, I would I would do the strategy I do now, obviously, uh, and, and because. It makes sense. The, the strategy I do now, and I'll get into that, always made sense to me, uh, even even my early days. And that strategy is to look for the low competition keywords, so usually a longer tail. A lot of it's informative rather than highly commercial, although there are lots of, lots of long tail, low competition commercial keywords as well. But I would just look for keywords that I could rank for fairly easily without having to do a lot of link building, without having to have a lot of site authority because you would have no site authority. And I would simply want to just start getting trickles of traffic to these articles. And I know some people think, you know, well, John, you talk about the strategy that's going after the low competition keywords and maybe it only has 40 searches a month, which is really low. And is it really worth writing a 2,500 word article if, if you, at most you're going to get 100 visitors per month? Okay. My response to that is this. First off, when you got a new site, any traffic is good because traffic grows traffic. The traffic is going to share the article. Google is going to take notice. It's going to look at your metrics, time on site. It, that helps grow the website. The other thing is, is ranking for, for very long tail keywords, even if there's not a lot of search volume, that's going to help getting some inbound natural links. It's not that I'm against getting links to a site. I'm all for links getting site. I just don't really want to spend time and money going out and building them, you know, guest posting and hiring services to buy paid links and all that. I'm not really into that. I acknowledge it works. I know it works really, really well. It's a higher risk approach. It works, but I would just rather take it slower. And I, hey, I may, I may down the road decide to start a site and hey, let's, let's just focus on link building. I'll just pay someone to build piles of links and see what happens and, and maybe that'll be a huge success I don't know but for now I like just I'd rather focus on the long tail get some traffic coming in other sites slowly start linking to it and that's going to grow in time so that's my response to that and, and, and third 
just because you target one keyword that says 40 search uh, searches a month, which is very low volume, uh, that doesn't mean that you're not going targeting and ranking for dozens or hundreds of other keywords in that article. You actually are. It may be very, very long tail and very little, little traffic, but you add them all up, what looks like a potential of 40 visitors a month to an article could actually be a couple hundred just because of all the other keywords. So so there is merit in the approach, and, and, and it's my approach, and it's what I've done for years, and it's helped, and it's worked, and I don't really veer from it. I do happen to rank for more competitive keywords with thousands of searches a month. That's been a result of building site authority and publishing content, and Google ends up ranking various keywords that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm able to target now at this point or I've ranked for accidentally uh, just because the content was good. And that that will happen. And that is a very, very good result. You want to strive for that, but that does take time. Next up is I, and, I, and this is what I did when I bootstrapped 10 years ago, and that is reinvest every nickel that comes in, right? You're working a full-time job, presumably, at least in this scenario, I would be working a full-time job. Presumably that is able to pay the bills and hopefully there's a little extra left over to uh, outsource some content. But once the site starts earning, instead of just yanking that money out and buying pizza and going on trips, reinvest every nickel because that's going to speed up the growth, right? Get to $1,000 a month. Wow. Now, if you take your original $300 a month budget, you add your revenue from your site to $1,000, you have $1,300 a month for content. Now you're able to publish some serious content. And when you outsource content, it doesn't require a lot of your time to get the site growing. I mean, you, you pay the writer, they deliver the content, either you format it and put it on the site, that doesn't take a whole lot of time, or you invest and hire a VA to format it. Essentially, you can almost step out of it, except for the keyword research, the coming up with the topic ideas, and just supervising or, or, or overlooking the, the quality of everything, approving the content. These These tasks don't take a long time, and if you're doing, you know, 1300 bucks a month would get you maybe eight, nine good articles a month, that's two per week, you're not going to need a lot of time to manage that if, if the content's being outsourced, okay? So so this is very good, and you want to reinvest that money, and if you can get it to $2,000 a month budget, $3,000, you're going to grow that much quicker. So uh, I would that would be a focus. To me, that is a smart move, and then there's no risk, right? You've, you've, you've reduced your risks to zero because you've bootstrapped. You're using money created from something you created to grow it and you're no longer taking as much money out of out of your pocket and uh, you know that's that's a really good stage to get even these days when I launch a newer site and I can get them to that to that really hard to get $2,000 a month stage or the $2,000 a month stage these these are big milestones because that means they're they're pretty much self-funded and when they're self-funded that's fantastic. I'm no longer out of pocket. They're not in the red. They're going to grow on their own. So essentially, even if, even if the, the after the content expenses is taken out, there's zero profit at the end of the month, you have an asset, right? And it's going to grow. So a $1,000 a month site is probably worth in the neighborhood of thirty dollars to $40,000. And uh, so even if I'm not pulling out any money out of that every month, they still have that asset. Eventually, obviously, you get to ten, twenty thousand dollars a month. Hopefully, that's not an easy thing to get to, but you get there, and now you're seeing monthly profit. Unless you decide to really go nuts with with content and you're plowing ten, twenty thousand bucks worth of content every month, and you can keep growing it that way. But uh, that that's a discussion for another day. 
And the next point I want to make up in terms of what I would do if I were starting over uh, is I would remain anonymous. All right. And I think this is important. And in the Fat Sex Forum, we've discussed this quite a bit. If you have a full-time job, it's at a career, and you have customers or clients and colleagues and bosses and all of that, in my view, the smart move is to not go public, so to speak, as a niche publisher. Uh, I just think that the more prudent approach is to remain anonymous. Use a corporate type branding for your site, like, like you know, Fat Stacks. I mean, I, I put my name on it, but I, I don't have to. It could just be Fat Stacks. Who publishes Fat Stacks? I don't know. Could be a collection of writers. Nobody would know if I didn't say, "Hey, this is me." Right. So that would be the approach I strongly suggest because. You know, bosses may not be understanding. They may question loyalty. If you're in a career that requires sort of loyalty to a company and you're moving up the the ladder, so to speak, they may question that. Or customers may be confused. If you have clients or customers, may be confused. Well, oh, okay, you're publishing this website on travel, and yet, you know, you work as an accountant. A um, little, little weird. I mean, it's, it's not totally weird, and you can easily, oh, it's just a fun site. I do that on the side. It's what I do. It's kind of like social media. I mean, everybody has a presence online, but I just think the prudent approach, is, there's not a whole lot to be gained by putting your name on it, uh, and, um, th- th- you know, there's just, it's a, it's a prudent approach, and in fact, on my on my niche sites, I don't put my name on it. They're just a corporate branded site, so uh, I, I do that to this day. The next uh, thing I, I think that we have to discuss is, is how to go about choosing a niche, okay? My experience has been I, I have the most success in niches that I actually have an interest in. Now, I know a lot of people talk about follow the money. Pick a niche where there is money. And that's hard to fault, right? Because if you can outsource content and the content is excellent and, and you're in a highly lucrative niche, that's terrific. It's hopefully going to work out and you have a pretty good chance. If you get the traffic and it's a lucrative niche, it's probably going to work out. There's money to be made. However, I tend to be more motivated with niche sites that I actually have an interest in. And that's just been my experience. And this is a long-term project. Even if you outsource the content, you're still involved in it. You're thinking about it. You're dealing with it. You're researching topics. And it helps to have an interest in it, in my experience. So that would be my approach. I think it would also make it a lot easier when you're in the early days, the first six months to a year, when you're writing a lot of the content yourself, if you choose that route, uh, to have an interest as well. I mean, who, who wants to write... 150,000 words across multiple articles on something you have absolutely no interest in. It just makes it easier, I think, if you're interested in it. But I, I, I do think you need to consider the commercial viability of it. Because, I mean, you could, it wouldn't be very fun to build up a niche site over three years on the side and, and it ends up that there's like almost no money in it. And there are some niches that just no matter how much traffic you get, there's just not a lot of money. I mean, at some point, if you get 50 million visitors a month, I think any website is going to generate a lot of money. But there are some niches you can get to 500,000 or a million visitors a month, and there's still not a whole lot of money coming out of that. There's some, but, you know, whereas had, had you gone into a different niche with more commercial viability, it could be literally five times the money. So that is a consideration. You want to think about that as well. The next point is, this is important. Everything I'm saying is important. I keep saying that. Uh, stick with one site when you're starting out. To try to bootstrap one site, especially when you have a full-time job and other other commitments and responsibilities, it's hard. 
to do three or four, it's impossible. You're just going to spread yourself too thin and nothing's going to work. You're better off having one site that's that's growing and has momentum and is going to be a success than four sites such as Flounder for three years. It, I'm, I'm serious like because I've, I've made the mistake. In the early days, I, I started too many sites. I thought just, oh, they're all opportunities. I'll make them all work. They, they, and it didn't. A lot of sites just did not work out. So the best thing to do, uh, I grew my biggest site by focusing on it for a, for several years. Like that was it. That was the one site. Uh, I, I think I slowly started Fat Sacks at the same time, but that didn't take up a whole lot of my time back then. And so I just focus on the site, like literally all the time. That was it. And so I strongly recommend you do the same. Next up, avoid short-term tactics. Limit your reading Limit your reading. To, there, there are a lot of blogs out there that talk about how to do all sorts of things in the blogging sphere, right? How to get traffic, how to do the email marketing, how to monetize, how to do affiliate marketing, all of that. There, there's tons of them. A lot of them are great. A lot of them have good information. But but you do have to pick and choose because it gets confusing. And if when you choose the, the approach you want to do, the model you want to do, okay? So if, you, if you're going to do what I do, the long, long tail, low competition keywords, not really into the link building, focusing on good content, focus your reading on blogs that talk about the same strategy because if you if you read about different strategies you're going to be tempted to shift gears and that is you're usually much better to just pick a strategy that's been proven to work and stick with it uh, and, and, and after maybe six months you really don't like the strategy you just don't not not because it's not growing as fast as you'd like but you really don't like it by all means change but restrict your reading to the to to content that's aligned with what you're doing because otherwise it's so tempting. I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard many accounts of people that are getting into a new site and it's not growing as fast as they wanted because this stuff does take time. And then they read about the magic of drop shipping and how you can literally make profits overnight with drop shipping. And what do they do? They bail on the niche site, they fire up a drop shipping site, and there's some decent upfront expense in terms of getting the right sort of e-commerce platform and loading in the products, and it's a lot of work. And that doesn't work out. And that's three months later, and they realize that didn't work out. I'm not saying drop shipping can't work. Drop shipping can work really, really well. Again, you got to really put an effort into it. Maybe you don't realize you don't like it, and so you bail, you go back, and it's like, well, the niche site was kind of fun. I enjoyed writing for it. Okay, so I wasn't getting the results as quickly as I wanted, but you go back to it. Meanwhile, you've wasted three months and probably a, a lot of money on something you shouldn't have done. So when, when, you, when you choose something, stick with it, focus on it, and, and see it through. Now, in terms of uh, link building, would I build links to speed up the process? Undeniably, building links speeds up the process. Getting guest posts on other sites is going to speed up the process. If you want to take the risk, you can hire any SEO agency online or locally, and they can probably buy you links. And that's that's done more often today than, than is admitted out there. Uh, just because it's so easy and it's fairly easy to not get detected. It's not to say you're bulletproof. Anyways, would I do it? Uh, I probably would do some guest posting just to get get the get the wheels rolling, but it wouldn't be like a mainstay strategy. It wouldn't be like oh, I'm going to publish one article and I'm going to spend the next two weeks getting guest posts and promoting that article. I'd probably just focus on the long tail and grow the site that way. But I'd probably do a few, but just really slow and steady, really legitimate guest posts, good content on other hopefully high quality sites. Um, if you're going to go the link building route where you're going to really hammer like 
lots of guest posts, hiring services to do that. That's a different model. You'd probably be better off going for far more lucrative keywords than like low competition, not not as commercially viable keywords because you're putting a lot of time and money into those links. So you might as well rank for something. If you do rank, you know, in top three in Google, that you're actually going to make a lot of money from that. That that so that, that that's a different strategy altogether, both on site and off. So th- those are my main tips. If I were starting over, that's what I would do. It's not a whole lot different than I would do now. I just happen to have more time per day to be able to dedicate this because this is what I do. But I, I think it's a great business. I think at the end of the day, what you want to do if you're getting into this is have the mindset of it just being a hobby, a, a fun blog. Now, you still want to put out really good content and you want to read about how to get traffic and do all of that. But if you if you have lower expectations and it's kind of a fun thing that you're just kind of slowly building up and you don't really have a timeline, you're not pressuring yourself like, oh, I got to quit my job in 18 months. Uh, that's, that's a stretch. That's a hard thing to do. Um, but instead, just be like, hey, you know, I'm just going to carry on with my life. I'm going to publish a couple articles a week or maybe a few a month and just see how it goes. Um, I think it's a lot more of an enjoyable process. And then lo and behold, one day, three and a half years later, you realize, wow, I'm getting like 300,000 visitors a month on my website. It's making, you know, five, 6,000 bucks a month. This is fantastic. And you start thinking, okay, well, this could actually be a business. And that's when you adjust your mindset and start thinking about, okay, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to carry on with my career or am I going to jump ship and do this full time? You could certainly do both. I mean, if you bootstrap it, really part-time on the side, you can carry on it and, and enjoy the extra revenue, or you can decide to jump full in online. But I want to caution you, there's risk with that, right? There's There's some consideration that you have to think about. Like if you have a, a really good career and you have... A, pen, a pension is, is a big consideration, right? Because your pension really only becomes super value once it vests toward the end, that it's fully accrued. So if you bail halfway through, you'll still get a part of it, but it's not nearly as lucrative as if you, if you, you know, stay, stay until it's time to retire and it's fully vested. That's a big consideration. I'm not saying that you have to hang in there. If you hate, hate, hate your job, you only live once, consider that as well. But I, but pension is a consideration because there's no pension in this business. You start a business, there's no pension. I don't have a pension. I guess selling the sites down the road is kind of a pension. But aside from that, I don't have any sort of guarantees. Another big consideration, especially if you have a family, but even if you're on your own, is health care. Um, of course, that varies by country. I'm in Canada. Healthcare is really not an issue because it's provided, but in other countries it's not. And it's usually provided through employers. And so uh, if you have health care covered, when you jump ship, like in the United States, and you got to pay for it yourself, it's very expensive. It's an added cost. It's a big cost. So that's something you want to keep in mind as well. And other than that, it is risky. It's a risky business. You may get a site up to $30,000 a month, but there are fluctuations. This stuff fluctuates. And so make that decision very, very carefully. Thanks for listening.